Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Eyes of the Mize. My name is John. That's Ian. Hi, everybody. What's up? Today, yeah, what's up? Today <laughs> is episode 112. We did have a little bit of a hiatus there. I had surgery. Ian had life things to do. Yes. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm better. Thank you for asking. Uh, I'm going to save the episode title until after we do the Eyes on the Community because I feel like I just w- I'll just i just want to go straight into it once I do the episode title. By the way, today is February 12th. It is. Day of recording, February 12th. So, our Eyes on the Community, we have two big kind of notes here. One announced today was the Twitch Rivals event that's following up here on Magic Arena that is starting on February 20th, which, by the way, is really good news. Because there was a big, there was a big arena uh, update from uh, I believe it, I believe it was yesterday, wasn't it? It wasn't today. It was yesterday. Uh, yeah, they did the state. They did the update for the state. Yeah, the of, state of the beta. The beta. Yeah, yesterday. And uh, there's best of three direct challenge now, which is fantastic. Yeah, so they won't have to literally do single challenges and go on the player draw. And and then they even fixed it because now in direct challenge you can choose who's on the play and who's on the draw. Right. Yeah, we can do a coin flip off the bat, and yeah. also what's fun that's coming. I guess we're kind of sidebarring here. Uh, Discord integration. So you can yes. do direct challenges through Discord, which I think is really it's gonna cool. It's going to make fan run tournaments just so much easier on Arena. Oh, yeah. Especially like this Twitch Rivals thing mm-hmm. where they can have a Discord where it's just like, here you go. Challenge each other through the Discord. Now, if only, if only they could allow for draft play via direct challenge, but draft decks aren't, you know... The same, the right size to be a deck, but whatever. That's not. That's a different issue entirely. That's yeah. That's one of those like you'd go through a draft, say somehow save your cards to an actual deck, and then build that deck and then challenge with a under sixty card. Yeah, it's they would have to. They might have that, to change a couple things around, but regardless, I think that would be an interesting. The freeform games aren't there yet. Like you could used to be able to, you, like you can do in uh, Magic, Magic, Online. Magic Online. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually, but, maybe, but with drafting with bots, right, yeah. drafting with bots, and then doing that would be weird. It, a little bit. Also, thanks to Twitch Rivals because it is going to be standard. Ravnica Legion standard has been cooking since we've been gone. It hasn't stopped, and it's fine. Yeah. There's a lot of very different decks. Nexus of Fate is still annoying, but my biggest hilarity point, and one that I'm actually very very proud of, is that you know four to five color gates decks are actually viable and. Uh, at SCG India, I want to say it was, um, one of my friends here locally, Mason Clark, got 20th place with Four Color Gates. Oh, in the Open? Yeah, in the Open. Nice. Yep. That was a couple weeks ago. It's, yeah, so... It's changed, um, it's changed since then, but the, the the entire idea of the deck is just hilarious to me that Gates is a viable deck in Standard after, you know, when they were in Return to Ravnica. Sure, there was Mace's End, but no one took Mace's End seriously. Oh, yeah, I know. So, uh... Also, small kind of tournament update, speaking to SCG, uh, didn't do a recap last week of it. We're going to get to it maybe next week. Depends if anything crazy goes down. But if people are stupid, <laughs> if things go sideways, we'll see what happens. Um, no, I went to SCG Baltimore with my team. We went to quick little thing. We went six and three, missed day two because the day two cut was apparently uh, X one and two. Which, which is was, an odd cut. Yeah, 20 points. Uh, so. We missed it. We were basically out of the running after like round uh, four, five. We went three and one into three and three into six and three, which is still respectable for like 56 place. I mean, that's very impressive to go from, you know, three and one to three and three and then rally to six and three. That's still very impressive. Oh, yes. I was on Infect. I was the legacy seat. It was fun. Uh, I'll talk about it more, but don't need to ramble on about that too much more. Um, Speaking of standard, though, uh, Sultai. Probably the most represented deck, 16% of the meta pull from. I think that SCG Indy ended with a Sultai mirror. (laughs) Yeah. If I'm Um, not mistaken. At Dallas, the Open had no one copy, Dylan Donegan in the uh, top eight. Yeah. But the top eight, the top eight for Dallas, which was last weekend, uh, was Mono Blue Aggro, Esper Control, Azorius Aggro, Simic Nexus, Azorius Aggro, Mono Blue Aggro. Rakdos mid-range, Sultai mid-range. So no real Gates decks there, but there was a Gates deck of 12th. Drake Sasser played it. Well, again, people are getting like top 32s, and this person got a top 16 playing Azorius Guildgate. Yep. Like. Yeah, it's definitely a deck. Um, 
I, I'm just happy that they printed enough cards. It, it actually really... Sorry, sorry, sorry. Hold on. I have to reiterate. They were playing Azorius Guildgate and Gruul Guildgate in the same deck. Like, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> Complete craziness. Yeah, cats, dogs living together. It's uh, ridiculous. It is kind of interesting. I haven't really played a whole lot of Limited, but I do know that RNA Limited is way different from Guilds Limited just because the gate payoffs are just so infinitely better. Like, Gates Ablaze is, like, ridiculous. So I lost to this deck last night. Yeah, it was last night on a Arena in Best of One, where I had basically had two Drakes out, 10 power on each of them. Opponent was literally dead if I didn't die that turn. They had the uh, three mana that gives it, you know, a riot and can't be countered. So oh, opponent rhythm, goes... Rhythm of the Wild. Yeah, yeah. so opponent goes... Uh, hydroid crisis for six oh and still had three mana open i'm thinking please god don't draw the gates he didn't draw the gates but what he did draw is he drew two gate colossus and a gatebreaker ram giving them both haste and i'm like i went he went from having no board state to literally just his gatebreaker ram was so like an 11 you, 11 and you two took eight. a billion got it yeah i died hardcore it was i was like okay if i live this turn i'm good and then just like blah, 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 blah. Because he drew them off of the, because uh, he had one card in hand at the beginning of the turn, so he basically oh, drew, drew them off of. Crisis he played the crisis, drew them off the crisis, and I'm like, oh, "What can you do?" And then even if he got rid of the gate colossi, and he just had gates in hand, you just play gate, put them back on top. It's like, oh, <laughs> yep, that's a that's a deck. But no, it's a uh, standard's fun right now. Yeah. Pretty interesting. I'm, I built mono blue aggro on that arena, so I'm gonna kick the tires on that one. There you it was go. pretty decent. So, John. Yeah. Episode title. Episode title is Seething Song Number Two. After a hundred and two episodes, <laughs> it took we're finally doing another Seething Song. We've been. Wanting, I figured we've been we'd wanting, have one sooner than this. We've but. been wanting to do one for a while, but we were just like, this isn't as big an issue. Yeah, no, we can we can pull up on it. We'll just talk about it, not actually yeah. Seething Song. But no, so, this is a Seething Song. This is Seething Song Two communication uh, i can't even i can't even make the electric boogaloo joke but yeah yeah i really can't this is mainly a me thing because i'm the one who's the most um upset about it but i'm sure ian can sympathize oh. with where i'm at yes i i will chip in as needed on this one there are a few key points that i am i have tried from as far as i can do with what limited contacts i have uh to try and reach out for questions i had about this so you know i did my part i did what i could yeah um, so the thesis so John, statement take it away the thesis statement here is that communication from wizards wizards of the coast has deteriorated in the past two years all right yep we haven't had an announcement day since may 18th 2018 i honestly missed We've those had, those were pretty decent they were pretty decent and we've had about five of them i think i actually went and counted um we had about five and one of those big things that's part of this and why the, these announcement days were so – not necessarily critical, but so important. Ravnica Allegiant and War of the Spark, the set that's coming up here in April, because guess what? We just learned about its pre-release date yesterday as of July, or February 11th. We'll get into a little bit more about that we too. We just learned about that. Anyways, this was not the norm. Like back in when, when Return to Ravnica was still in standard, like during, I believe, Gate Crash or maybe it was during Guilds or during Dragon's Maze. The entire Theros block was announced at once. Theros had every piece of information. It had pre-release dates. It had open. It had um, release dates. It had pro tour dates. It had like store championship dates. It had it had everything. It told you what the format of the pro tour was. It told you just everything. It also said that the name of the sets for Born of the Gods and Journey into Nyx. And it didn't give them full information, but it gave you a month and it gave you a year when it was coming out. So, and to okay. give some perspective on that too. Remember, John and I didn't start getting back into Magic until after those sets were already announced. Yeah, those like, sets I were didn't those start sets Magic were until core for, yeah, those core sets were known and in the queue, ready to go. No code names, actual names of sets and release dates before John and I started playing again. Now, so moving forward from this, that's 2014, right? Yeah, that was that was no, that was announced in 2013. Okay, okay so there you go. Because Theros was the fall 2013 set. Gotcha. Anyways. Kaladesh and Aether Revolt were announced with release dates on May 16th, 2016. I was there. Yeah, 
There was a whole thing. It was fantastic. Wait, no, I, was, I wasn't there for that. You were there for Amonkhet and Our Devastation, which got released on August 31st, 2016, with a great video that they took in Seattle at PAX West. Oh, yeah. That's what it was. They did the Kaladesh and, release stuff. And they had yeah. release dates for both Amonkhet and Our Devastation. Okay. Yeah. Ixalan and Rivals of Ixalan. By the way, Kaladesh, Ether Revolt, or Kaladesh and Amonkhet blocks were both announced on an announcement day. And each of these announcement days are linked in the description. Ixalan and Rivals of Ixalan were announced on June 16th, 2017, and we knew both their release dates. Also during the Ixalan, during that announcement day, we were told that there was going to be a new core set, which had, an, which had a release date, but no name. We had just assumed it was going to be core 2019 going or off like the magic old- magic 2019, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. going- Oh, yeah, it was core set, magic, whatever it was. It was going to be something core 2019. Also in that announcement, we also had a bunch of things like we had on we had Unstable that got announced and a bunch of other miniature products as well. Moving moving forward a little bit, Guilds of Ravnica, alongside Ravnica Allegiance, and the as of yet not named War of the Spark were announced on May 18th, 2018. Guilds had a release date. Ravnica Allegiance just said January 2019. War of the Spark had nothing because it didn't even have a name yet. Yeah. Ravnica Allegiance and War of the Spark both had their pre-releases announced. After the previous set had already been out like a month plus. Yeah, I remember I remember is, looking at the schedule. I'm like, all right, so when in January is this going to be for Ravnica Allegiance? Right. And listen, Wizards, if you're listening to this, I, I said this in the survey that you guys sent out a little bit a while ago. And I don't care if my anonymity is spoiled or whatever on this, on this, you know, this thing. You have to give people a lead time on when things are happening. I've been a self-described wizards apologist for a while. Just go look to look at Seething Song number one. Okay? Look at one of my Exalted episodes when Ian wasn't available. I have been in your corner for a long time, and I have helped try to help other people understand what your decisions are. This decision doesn't make sense. At all. And I'm going to get to War of the Spark in a second, but Ravnica Allegiance, we should have known what its release date was, like before Guilds of Ravnica came out. At the latest, we needed to know after the Pro Tour. And I'm pretty sure we learned the Ravnica Allegiance pre-release date after Pro Tour Guilds of Ravnica. Any any confusion there? Uh no. I'm gonna okay. that not that now, I can. Now to kind of to kind of tag on to this for War of the Spark, we found out about the pre-release date because WPN stores were leaking it. Which is fine, you know, that's information that they have that's public, and I could even go on there if I wanted to find it. Well, it, it was it was more of the fact that actually the WPN, like, story owners were like, hey, is this date actually right? We just saw a date pop up. They had to actually go out and confirm, like, uh, is this is this what we've been looking for? Is this the date? Is this actually because, it? <laughs> because that date is the same date as Magic Fest London, which, by the way, is also taking – this is also not only going to have a GP London, but it's also going to have a Mythic Championship London. And then kind of to – since we're on this topic right now, GP London is not going to be a normal GP. It is a War of the Spark pre-release, which – okay, listen. If you had me at War of the Spark pre-release GP, I'm in. Okay? Get my sealed pool. Play sealed on day one. Draft on day two. I am there. Okay? Granted, I'm not flying out to London for it. From you know, from Tennessee, but I'm there. You're I saying totally you're saying if it was relatively close to you, you would be like, "All right, I'm in. Let's do this." Like if, if it was in Atlanta, I'd be organizing people now. <laughs> well, of course you'd be organizing. I would have already now. started organizing people now. Yeah, the minute you found instead, out. Instead, instead, CFB because CFB is running the GPs, and this is this has to be their baby. They probably conferred with Wizards first, but this is their baby. Instead, you can enter what they're calling a flight. A pre-release flight, you will get six booster packs, not even a pre-release kit. You will get six booster packs of War of the Spark. You will play in a seven-round event. And if you go basically six or six and one or better, you qualify for day two. And there's two flights on the Friday of the Magic Fest, and there's two flights on the Saturday of the Magic Fest. Then everyone who went six and one or better on all of those events will then play in a combined day two on Sunday, where you will play with six booster packs of War of the Spark for a seal deck, and then the top eight will be a War of the Spark draft. Okay? Yeah. Sure. Whatever. But here's the kicker. Instead of doing a limited fanatic package, they're going to do a Spark fanatic package, or a War fanatic package, whatever they're calling it. I would probably say Spark fanatic sounds a I'm heck sure of a lot spark, more palatable than War fanatic. I have fanatic. read it. 
I have read it. I forgot it already. Unless they want to go funny with it and go mog. Exactly. Now, with the Spark Fanatic package, whatever they're calling it, you can enter two flights. You can enter one on Friday, one on Saturday. Or let's say that you enter one on Friday, you scrub out, you enter another one on Friday. Yeah, I don't know if they're running them at the same time. They should, but as whatever. As far as I remember seeing, now I didn't actually look at the dates for that and the timing-wise of this, but I'm pretty sure they're staggering like they usually would for – like they did the uh, – oh, God. The, but the, the big thing the is that beta, there's no the, the way beta that – challenge or whatever the heck they call yeah. it. Um, but here's the thing. There's no way – that they're going to be able to set it up so that you could go, you could play all of the flights. There's no way they're going to be able to set it up. Oh, no, no, you, there's no way they can start a seven round tournament and then wait for that to end to start another seven round tournament. Oh no, they're staggered. Yeah. Like they're stagger starting it. And it depends if they're going to, if it's one of those things where you need to have time for deck building. So that's 50 some minutes. Then yeah. you have round one, which is another 50 some minutes and assume time in between rounds for, you're looking at eight hours. Well, I'm just saying going Oh, two drop yeah if, so yeah, if, if you, you go, go drop, that's three hours if you yeah you're looking at three hours so you have to hope that that 10 a.m one that there's one before 2 p.m yeah or after i should way, say after 2 p.m so you might want to hope that there's like a 3 p.m one and even then if you start at three you're there till 11 p.m that night so you yeah. might at most get three or four in on a weekend if you time it properly so you have and three shots the way, and by the way me and mentioned o2 drop because basically you lose twice you're done period end of discussion but the thing is, though, is that it's a GP. It's a event at a GP, so you're going to get some participation points. If you're one of those people who likes grinding out Planeswalker points, God knows what they do anymore. Yeah. Now, there's another thing that I wanted to mention. Because because they're doing it in this way, if you have buys, they mean nothing. Oh, yeah, no buys. Your buys mean absolutely nothing for this event. Now, there are some things that CFB and Wizards could announce for this event that may change my opinion. Right? There's not going to be many of them, but there's going to be a few. For example, if you announce that the Mythic Championship, its draft format will be will be War of the Spark, okay, I'm interested. But this GP main event, which again, this main event of a Magic Fest is still called a Grand Prix, even though the weekend itself is called a Magic Fest. Don't forget it. This is a, is a, a very, very interesting idea that has been executed very poorly. Yeah, I think that's the because that's that's like the key phrase you have to do. Interesting idea, poorly executed. Exactly. Now, here like here is another kicker on that. This is again during pre-release weekend, so local game stores, your local game store, wherever you go and play Magic, will be doing their pre-releases as well during that weekend, which again, I'm okay with. I love pre-releases. They're great. I love playing with the cards at the first chance I get to. Couldn't participate in Ravnica Legion's pre-release, but, you know, life happens. This is, this doesn't affect me that much, but if you are li- if you live in London or you live in the UK, it's very likely that a your store will not be able to get a judge because Magic Fests take a lot of judges to staff, and the store owners of your LGS, who I know in Europe already are suffering under very stringent you know Wizards Play Network restrictions and and demands, are likely going to see their pre-release attendance plummet, like. Because I I've seen several twitters like tweets on the, in replies to this saying, listen, I already booked my 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 hotel room for this event, but now you're telling me it's a pre-release and I can't support my local game store. That's that's not good. What's also kind of funny too is you're speaking of hotel bookings. That's also apparently the weekend of the London Marathon. Yeah, that's so, be fun too. Um, so, but one other thing to kind of touch on. So John's talking about supporting their LGS and stuff. Player like Americans. We get a lot of GPs. We have it nice. Great Britain, UK, whatever you want to call it, has two Magic Fests, period, in the 2019 calendar year. Magic Fest London, April 26th to 28th, and Magic Fest Birmingham, August 16th through August 18th. That's two in the country. They have to go into mainland Europe just to go to any other GP on the continent. Now, kind of... Travel travel to and from the UK to, you know to France or Germany is easier than, you know, travel from like, say if I wanted to go and there, to And there are no Germany ones LA because of their whatever. whole, uh, what's it called? Their whole gambling laws. Oh, gambling laws. Exactly. Right. Or like, you know, go to like F- France or whatever. So the only, like, the only other one left, there's uh, Utrecht. Yep. Uh, there's Ghent in Belgium. Yeah. Barcelona, mm-hmm. Copenhagen. Those are relatively decent time travel. Now keep in mind, Europe is a lot smaller than the US. And I wanted to make that point because I pulled this up earlier today when, I, when we were discussing the stuff for the podcast, there are 11 states in the United States that are larger than the UK. 
So Alaska, Texas, California, Montana, New Mexico, yeah. Arizona, Nevada, Colorado, Oregon, Wyoming, Michigan. They're all in the West. They're all huge. They're all sparsely populated yeah. anyway, except for California and Texas. But there's a couple that are just a little bit smaller than the UK as well. Bring it up to like at least 12 or 13 if you're looking at, if you drop, you know, the uh, Ireland aspect out of it or even the little islands and all the other territories and stuff. That's, it's insane that they're double tapping and triple tapping on a GP like this that's in a country and in a continent even, Europe. Because think about it, people are going to go to London too from mainland Europe as well. It's not a hard trip to do. They have a lot of trains. They have flights. It, they're not crossing an ocean. Just, gah. Yeah. That alone is like, now, this is my turn to be your, or like just a travel aspect alone is someone in the military who my time off is very precious. People who book their travel for this and other stuff like that to get a, an event yanked like that, be like, to be fair, I don't go to my local game store a whole heck of a lot. I definitely go on pre-release days. But if they said, oh, whatever sets after uh, War of the Spark is going to take place on the same weekend as GPDC or Magic Fest DC, I'll be like, I'm probably going to Magic Fest DC because I know people who are going to be there, friends of mine from out of town. So, yeah, it's annoying. Yeah, it's again, this is a very interesting idea. And this type of idea, which, again, I, I like it on principle. You know what they should have done this for? Masters 25. That could have been cool. Like, release weekend of Masters 25. This is the GP. Go. Like, that would be fantastic. That would have been amazing. That would have been a, a great way of of kicking off Magic's 25th, 25th birthday. So Not for War of the Spark. Yes, it's the conclusion of your storyline. Yes, that is very exciting and everything like that. But this is not the set, and this is not the venue for it. Yeah, so one other thing, too, that... People were asking, like, hey, has this ever been the first GP? So apparently this is going to be like the first pre-release GP that's existed. There has been a pre-release Pro Tour. Which was Invasion? No. Earlier. What was the set? Night. Flash was Tempest? Set the Wayback Machine to 1996. We're going to Mirage, kids. Oh, right. Mirage. Before Tempest. <laughs> and they didn't even have preview season. They were opening cards they hadn't seen before. Correct. And they were talking about rules going on and the players meeting in the beginning. And Brian David Marshall had a nice old tweet thread about it, how there was a very thickly accented Australian guy who was trying to like do some corner thing about phasing. And they were just like, why are we doing this? Like that card's not even worried about like they weren't. It was like interaction from cards before that weren't going to be in the set how it interacted with phasing and you're like those won't interact with it you don't need to worry about that for this thing we're only dealing with mirage right now but yeah phasing that hmm, that would have been yeah. fun to just open don't, and be like what the heck does this do yeah uh now there was another thread that i saw was was there ever a gp scheduled at the same time as a pre-release and the answer was actually yes there was one in brazil and guess what happened to the brazil lgs's just hammered they didn't do very well yeah so Somebody mentioned this, they get four a year. There's four pre-releases a year, like one a quarter. That's a decent chunk and a decent amount of foot traffic that comes into a store that they don't usually see. Some game stores are there's better. There's some players who only go for pre-releases. Yes. They don't go to your local game store for draft or standard or whatever. They only go for pre-releases. And that is a big boon that a lot of store owners maybe not necessarily necessarily rely on. But, you know, that's a bump that they can usually count on. To help their books if they're having like a struggling quarter or whatever. And suddenly Wizards is Wizards and Channel Fireball, because at this point, because CFE's running GPs, they're they're complicit in this, uh, are just basically saying, well I complicit's a complicit's a very loaded term. <laughs> I mean, CFB and Wizards had to agree to put on this event. They are complicit in this event. Not in like everything. Oh no, in no. This event, I I understand. I understand the weight of the word. There had to, yeah. There had to have been. I get what you're saying. So, there had to have been somebody at a level. I'm not trying to, uh, what's it called? Devil's advocate. So I'm just saying, like, yeah. There was somebody at Wizards organized play who said, "Let's do this," and there was someone at CFB events who said, "Let's do this." Yeah. Someone approached someone about this idea, and the other party said, "That sounds amazing." Yep. And the idea is stupid and dumb. <laughs> All right. Now, I think it. You, I think it's I, just a poorly executed idea that, yeah. honestly, should have hit perhaps a, a USGP, but 
I'm still calling them GPs just because that's a GP at Magic Fest, whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's hitting that event. Granted, they didn't time it. It's one of those, did they time this? And then, okay, we have to shoehorn this into our event schedule. Because here's the other thing, if I remember correctly, War of the Spark was given like a release date in March or April. I forget exactly which one. The pre-release is the last weekend in April. This set's coming out in May. And here's the other thing. We still have a core set that's going to come out this year, presumably. Yeah. Unless they're suddenly only going to release three sets this year. That's going to have to come out in like August. Yes. So what's funny too is, so when they initially announced that War of the Spark was going to be April, it said April 2019, period. Everyone went to the Magic Magic Fest 2019 schedule and looked at the weekends. Now, there is the first weekend of April, the 5th, 6th, and 7th that has no event going on. And then there's the first weekend of May. May 3rd, 4th, and 5th that has no event going on. Every other weekend in April has an event, the 12th, the 19th, and the 26th. So we see April 2019, we're like, oh, pre-releases never happen on this. April 5th and 6th, probably going to be our pre-release weekend. Nope. Because usually nope. like, usually that's how it's been for the last God knows how many years is you could basically just look at the calendar, crunch the numbers, and be like, yeah, it's got to be that weekend. Yeah. Now, moving on to the next bullet point. Speaking of GPs, basically, I'm pretty sure since Oakland, because I'm, I'm, I'm like 190% sure that Oakland had video coverage, there has been zero, basically zero information as far as video and or text coverage for Grand Prix, because several Grand Prix came and went, and people were like, I want to watch this. Why is it not on stream? And we found out, the public, we found out the public, that Wizards was no longer doing text coverage in a reply to a tweet, not even a main tweet from the Magic Pro Tour account, which now says Magic Esports, which is an entire different conversation I'm not going to get into. We found it in a reply to a tweet in a in a two tweet thread from the Magic Pro Tour account saying there's no longer text coverage of GPs. Yeah. Um, so that's not how you tell us this. I have sources and I'm not going to name any of them, but basically everything that I've learned from what I've heard is that everybody who was text and video coverage was left in a lurch, just straight up in a lurch, just like us. However, they knew a little bit ahead of time because contracts and stuff necessarily weren't picked up and they're still kind of like in limbo, I guess. If anything, they're trying to negotiate stuff like that. Now, I have no idea what's going on with any of that. I just know that they were left in a lurch and just left in the wind, blowing in the wind. Now, within... A couple days of that of that news breaking, Channel Fireball picked up text coverage of their GPs, which, again, that's fine. That's good. But video coverage is still MIA. The only Twitch that or the only stream that's going on that's magic related on the weekends is the SCG stream. And if SCG doesn't leap on this opportunity, they are fools. Oh, I'm. They already know this. Yeah. They should already know that, that they need to leap on this opportunity. They're currently otherwise they're fools. They're currently the only game in the major weekend streaming tournament realm right now. The yeah. only game in town. Uh so as far as video coverage goes, I would not be surprised, in the very least, if sometime in the next couple weeks we see some sort of announcement where Channel Fireball has picked up yeah that's the expectation well the expectation is that I've, cfb's picking them up again hearing things now here's my other thing cfb to my knowledge would probably be the ones picking it up because at this point the ball has just been completely dropped by wizards of the coast coverage wise now period now here's sense. the other thing here's the other thing we the public should have known about this in like november or december we should not be finding out about this by events not having coverage. We shouldn't be finding out about this from cryptic tweets from Rich Hagen saying, we want to give you coverage, we just can't do that right now. So We should not be learning about this because there's an absence of content. So there was a, there We was should a, have announced this in November or October or earlier so than here's, that. So here's the thing, though, John, is that it was kind of – I guess if you read into the latest Hasbro – financials and whatever when they mentioned that arena has by far and away exceeded expectations that alone should have been a major hint to a lot of people once we realized that coverage was being dropped is it the right move that hey did wizards of the coast decide 
or not even wizard just hasbro even go along with hey all of a sudden we have this esport thing going let's just go whole hog on that and just put blinders on to what got them there in the first place it's, and you want to know what's the most embarrassing I, I part? Hate, I hate to insinuate that that was the cause of it, but it's one of those, everything points to it. Now, that's so pure supposition on my part. Like, I, I need to boilerplate this. This is pure supposition. Now, I have, as we all know, I'm, I'm also left in a lurch by this coverage thing because I am one of the Twitch chat mods for the official Wizard of the Coast stream. I can tell you all, from me to you, that besides me posting in that chat, the last person that was not me posted January 5th, and we were talking about Tron mirrors. Besides that, everything looks like it was just... It's ghost town. Yep. Uh, asking about Oakland, all that kind of stuff. And then I have just been pinging. It's like, hey, we getting any word about this? And yep, there's not been a thing posted. So us chat moderators are in literally the same boat as everybody else except we just don't have any kind of channel for that kind of thing so i had mentioned a couple weeks ago wanting to do that project about chat moderation but i've put the brakes on that one completely until we actually find out if there's going to be a chat to moderate so i can talk about scg stuff but that's not as powerful and impactful since they're on sub only mode at this point yeah. and now as for as for Star City Games, I do believe they are going to continue sub-only mode in chat because apparently it's been working great this time around. We'll see if it continues. But currently, I think what happened was originally when they got into it, they were in a spot where people weren't used to subscribing to chat to channels nearly as much. But now that the subscriptions with channels has become more of an ingrained thing in the Twitch society, people are like, whatever, here's my here's my Bezos bucks, whatever, have at it. That's fine. but. I'm left in a lurch. We're all left in a lurch. Moderators, viewers, the broadcasters, the people writing for it. And I'm, I'm, another thing is too is I'm kind of miffed because one of my good friends, Colette, uh, Susie the Nat on Twitter, had just started doing like coverage and stuff um, for them at events. And I was like, she had been doing like the gorilla coverage for forever. And she had finally made it up to like Wizards bringing her on and doing the stuff at events. And I was like, yeah, go Susie. And then all of a sudden, nothing. So I feel bad for her, now, especially. I have a lot of friends now, who in, here, in, the, uh, the, in that arena that I just like, I feel terrible for them because they don't know what the heck's going on with their jobs. Now, here is my small glimmer of hope. My small glimmer of hope. Go for it. Because, one, we don't know if Mythic Championship Cleveland's being streamed. And that's happening not this weekend, but next weekend. We don't know if that's being streamed. Let me reiterate. We have had no confirmation that Mythic Championship Cleveland will be streamed. We all remember the mix, the Sir Mix-a-Lot cameo in the Wizards Magic Pro League, you know, trailer saying the world will know that you're the number one player of Magic in the, in the for the year or whatever. We don't know if this is being streamed. Now, if it is being streamed, Wizards, you need to make your announcement about whether you're doing video coverage or, well, not or, and who is doing video coverage if you're not during that event. It, like, that is your best chance of letting everyone know, because if, if you do are streaming it, which you should be anyways, and you shouldn't be holding all of us in the in the lurch as to who is who's going to be commenta- commentating, who's going to be in the booth, whatever, that is your venue. That is your time to let us know how, what are we going to see for video coverage. Either announce that there is, or announce that there isn't, or announce that there is someone picking it up. Or just to say and tell us blatantly that there's no coverage except for Mythic Championships. You need to tell us this because you have a system. You had a history of how you were doing things. And then you suddenly drop it. With no announcement. That is not okay. Mythic Championship Cleveland is your one chance to set things right. And I hope you do because the rest of this list is not looking good for you either that that I get to go through. Because – at the time of recording, there is no information on the circuit of tournaments that's replacing PPTQs or RPTQs. Yes. The only way that we know to make a Mythic Championship is win a Mythic Championship qualifier at a Magic Fest or get 13 wins at a GP. Which again, GPs aren't being streamed. So who do we how do we know who people are doing how people who are doing there who are making the top eight or making making the Pro Tour, making the Mythic Championship, whatever. Yeah, so I actually want to touch on that briefly too, is the how do we know how people are doing is because we don't have that page anymore that we used to 
at least as far as I'm aware of, right? There's like this past weekend, there was no. Yeah, we don't have the top 25 standings as far as I'm concerned. Um, they Channel Fireball posted a, a, a cell phone picture of like the top yeah, competitors the of like the top like 20 competitors or whatever going into round 14. Of I think it was going into round 15. No, was, regardless, yeah, like 14 or 15, whatever it was. It was like towards the end of the day, a random round, and it's like uh, okay, cool, but cell phone picture. Also, also at time of recording. There is no information as to as how to get onto the arena only mythic championships or when they are because you announced when you announced the Magic Pro League that we would have tabletop mythic championships which are the usual pro tours that we're used to just given a new name and that there would be arena only mythic championships. You've given us zero information on how to qualify for those or when those are. That is in my opinion unacceptable yes we were talking when you have this history of letting people know a year in advance when and where the your tabletop mythic championships are happening and magic online does a very good job of letting people know when and where like the mox qualifiers are happening you should have let us know when these are last year or in january when you announced the magic pro league yeah so this is once again unacceptable yeah the issue right now is that it has been put out by the people who are like blake um, has said we're not going to try and give information if it's half information. But the problem is is that they've given us half information and have not filled us in on the details, even slightly, hey, this is when to expect news on it. It was, we'd rather give full information. We'd rather I, I, delay I'm and give to that, full by the way. Huh? I'm getting to that, by the way. Oh, you are? Okay. <laughs> I'm not done with my list yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, also, I'm, hold on. I'm going to go back just briefly. Thing you mentioned the replacements for the PPTQ and RPTQ thing. We talked about yeah. the play to the game store owner in Great Britain dealing with that whole. Everybody in their country is going to want to. You probably going to be planning to go to the Magic Fest, and now they're going to be in the lurch. That's another source of income for these local game stores. Is they would host these tournaments, these PPTQs and stuff like that. Granted, they might only get like 30, 40 people. But that's still a weekend where you're getting 40 people in that you might not have anything coming now, in on a Saturday. I do want to walk back a little bit because, yes, there was the article that Blake tweeted about a couple weeks ago about the article that they published at the end of next year saying that there's going to be these Mythic Championship events that qualify you that have one slot or multiple slots. And there's like an invitation one that's based on Planeswalker points, we assume. We don't know. But again, just because we know that these events are ones that will qualify us for the Mythic Championships – we don't know when they are. We don't know what they're going to be. The local game stores can't schedule them because they don't know what they are. They don't know what they feed into. Like, we just had the last RPTQ, like, last week, right? We have no idea what this tournament structure that's replacing it is. Like, up to this point, there could have been several PPTQs that I could have attended. I wouldn't have necessarily, but I could have had that option. But I didn't. Just because we know what the events are, we need them to be scheduled. Game stores need to know when what they're doing. And the local grinders here, like my friend Mason Clark I mentioned at the top of the show, he, he had enough play, pro points to be a bronze pro this year, right? Yeah. And now pro points don't matter at all. So where is he in the loop? Where are the silver pros? Where are the people who have been grinding you know, pro points to try to get on the train at GPs suddenly go? Without these events here, without those events being able to be scheduled – it is not okay. Mythic Championship Cleveland, this is another area where you can announce this, where you can tell people this, okay? And again, like, like you were saying earlier, like these half announcements. These half announcements happen, Wizards, because of you. Because you are not telling people things, things are happening because you aren't telling people things. We didn't find out about no text coverage until there was zero coverage of a GP. Oops, we, didn't, we canceled text coverage. Sorry about that. Unacceptable. We found out about the War of the Spark pre-release through a WPN page and not an official Wizards announcement. We found out about the format of Magic Fest London for the GP through a CFB events post on Reddit, not through your official channels. This is not okay. This is unacceptable. You used to do things very well. You did falter at times, but you did things very well. You told us things on your on like official website. You sent out tweets through official means, and you had these these great ways. Like go back to the announcement days where you were telling us all this information. Like when you announced Guilds of Ravnica and Ravnica Legions, you also announced the Guild Kits, and the Guild Kits have gone over fantastically. They are amazing. I haven't played any of them myself, but everyone who I've talked to has loved them. I've loved the reprints that are in them. I haven't gotten any myself, but that doesn't mean that I'm excited to see things like Privileged Position get reprinted, like Glimpse the Unthinkable get reprinted you like you like the idea of what they've brought to the table yes exactly and it's just like you look at all these things that have happened since january and i'm just confused 
Yeah, it's Where are your community managers? This is your game. This is your news. You should be controlling it. You should not let things happen and then have to do a half announcement because that's what's been happening basically since January, if not earlier. Wizards, tell us things. I understand you don't want to do a half announcement, but tell us when the announcement's going to be. And if you can't tell us that, tell us that. To put it to put it in a certain way, it's you're, you're to kind of encapsulate what you're saying. The news cycle has controlled them, where they should be controlling the news cycle themselves. Yes, like it for the fact that they're like, hey, we're not going to make any announcements about things until we're ready to make an announcement. But you mentioned the multiple times the little inquisitive tweet reply where like, hey, yeah, we don't have text coverage anymore. Like, a, if you don't make an announcement, but you know something happened, and then somebody who doesn't know that we haven't fully announced it yet just makes an aside comment like that. It's like, wait, whoa, 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 hold on. What were you saying? It's it's how information leaks and gets out is that people don't know that it hasn't been fully announced yet. Somebody could just easily been like, oh yeah, we're just not having text coverage anymore. We're thinking somebody must have already said it, but nobody said it. Therefore, your aside comment is now the first time we've seen it in an official manner. Yeah. So. And then the, and then the last thing I want to talk about which half of it is is again wizards communication about this and the other half is not about wizards communication but about about other magic content creators is the mythic invitational that's happening at PAX East in March yep okay we were told when it was announced that all the members of the MPL as well as people as well as challengers from the community and maybe even you the reader would be able to play in the mythic invitation that's which okay eight readers again, I am – well, I am fantastic about that. I am excited about that because that's big because like million-dollar prize pool, million-dollar prize pool, invite-only event. I'm there. I love it. Okay? We go to the end of January and that's when you announce not only who's playing and who the invitees are who aren't in the NPL, but you also announce how to get on it. Okay? That announcement should not have happened then. It should have happened at the beginning of January so people can prepare. But again, I digress. Or you should announce it when you did when you did the trailer. Whatever. I digress. I have no problems with the MPL people or the invite list. I had zero problems with that. I think that went over fantastically. There was the one kind of thing that happened where someone had to withdraw. That was and then someone got and then someone got added in. I never, I, I, I never understood. I never actually figured found out what the resolution for that is. I'll have to go look into that. I'll tell you later. Okay. Well, actually, I might tell you now because. Now, because of that, and then they said eight people, the top eight people on the Mythic ladder in Arena will get invited, which if you get Mythic then and you, and you win enough games at Mythic, you get a numeric rank. For example, Alexander Hain in the MPL is currently the number one ranked player. In and constructed. In constructed. And if Wizards does their, does their due diligence, if he is still number one at, at the end of the month of February, then they should, also, they should go down to number nine and invite number nine as well so that Hayne doesn't take up two invites. But I think Wizards already knows that. I mean, and I hope they already and know he, that. Well, I'm going to go with the assumption it's dangerous, I know, but given in the past with Worlds invites and such where if you hit an invite for something else – and let's, I, let's look at these – Mythic. So, like, if you win the, the Pro Tour, eight, look, you get an invite. Yeah, let's look at the top eight. Hold on. So look at the top eight invites for the Mythic ranks, you know, the, the constructed and limited ranks. Look at them as the at-large bids that used to happen for Worlds. If exactly. you would have gotten an at-large bid, but you qualified in another way, it popped down to the next person on the list. Exactly. So, I, I would assume and hope that that's what's going to happen here. Yeah. And then, now, this is also... Ignoring what the format is, because the format's the format, whatever. It's an invitational. They could do something weird and wacky. I really don't care. Yeah, no. I look, um, let them let them use this as a chance to explore other competitive, weird, wacky formats where it's not For the record, I think the format is silly. The, I the, think best of three would be better. Bring in the best of one decks and stuff like that. It, it's their invitational. They could run it how they want. Whatever. Hey, it, it, it is independent of the pro circuit, which I have already talked ad nauseum hey, about. Hey, back in the day, we had some crazy invitational events and other style yeah, things too. Exactly. So just look like if this is like the weird off the wall format thing, also, go for it. Yeah. Also, Wizards, please bring back invitational cards. You won't, but I'm asking you to anyways. That would be great. That would be great. That'd be a, that'd be a big big instigator aside from the number the prize pool for the event. Because I think you just get like $7,000 just for showing up. Or seventy five hundred dollars just for showing up. I don't remember what it is, but you also get a. It's, get, like, it's, it's like sixteen and lower of the of the thirty two people get seven thousand dollars just for playing. But you which also is, get I'm okay with. airfare and packs 
stuff. And a, pa- and a PAX badge for you and a friend. Yeah. So, I mean, friends. Hey, PAXing. Uh, <laughs> but now, here's the other thing. This has nothing to do with wizards. This part has to do with our community because the magic community is known to be, what's the word? I'm Hyperbolic. Talking? Yes, that's a good one. <laughs> and a lot of people were not necessarily upset, but disappointed that several popular other magic streamers didn't get invited to the to the invitational otherwise. Now, the three big names that did get thrown around that a lot of people agreed with, like, I know some people were upset that Seth didn't get invited, but Seth is, or did Seth get invited? I don't think he did. I don't remember. I'm trying to remember, but regardless, um, Seth was like, it's okay if I don't get invited, that's fine. I think he, the big three I think he mentioned, like, I'm not trying to spike it or anything like that. Exactly. That's what it was. The big three, the big, the big three people who who did not get invites to it were Jim Davis, who I've watched a lot of his stream replays, and he makes very good content. Uh, he currently is doing a he's or he last month, last season, he did a stream or did a video series of his stream of bronze to bronze to mythic, where he would record every game of his quest to get to mythic. I thought that was a, pr- think is a fantastic. That was a great idea. Fantastic premise. Yeah, great idea. The other person is Caleb Durward, who has streamed magic a lot. Uh, he's like, Kenji used to be the big name. I think Caleb is pretty close to being the big name as well. I, I, well, how I always looked at it too was back in, in the magic after dark hours of the evening time, it was doc earlier on. Yeah. And when well, doc, doc is a lawyer, oh, no, 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 I was saying when doc, <laughs> doc did the luring thing, yeah. there was like a, a little bit of a gap of like hey who's going to be the like mean, yeah i know caleb was still streaming at the time but he really took that spot as like the late night and evening and he streams all the time yeah. dude's great content then, like i don't watch him a whole lot but every time i have yeah, yeah. is good magic and the, th- and the third person uh is jeff Hoover. the most divisive of the three i think he, yeah who's the most divisive of the list now all three of them had reactions to it I did read. I did watch Jim's video about it. I and I believe I read uh, Caleb's re- reaction to it as well. And both of them basically said, "Listen, I love that you want me to be there. It's Wizards' event. They can choose who gets to get invited, and I'm okay not having been invited. But I'll try to do better so that maybe if they do one next year, I can get an invite that way. And I love you, my community, for supporting me. Yeah, I think that's a good TLDR." of them and then they had other opinions on like the format or whatever but again this is irrespective of the format jeff however and i've never i'll honestly say i've never been a big fan of jeff i can't really say anything that bad about him because there's a lot of things that i think that he's right on but the thing is he just comes across as just a jerk and it's it was hit and apparently he had a he had a phone call with wizards that he tweeted about so this is public knowledge where they more or less said that you're a liability to work with and Basically, Jeff is like, well, I don't want to be bought and paid for because – and I think that's a misconception on his part because Jeff is a very strong personality. He's a very good magic player, but he has a very strong personality. I would say acerbic is a very good word for it. Yeah. Sharp or and, biting. Yeah. And he took he, he, he took the idea that, okay, Wizard doesn't want to work with me. That's fine. I don't want to be bought and paid for. He took that. He took that information in the wrong light because while while yes, you can be critical of wizards, you can be you know upset at the decisions they make. Hey, we're doing one right now. We're doing one right now, but you can't be a jerk about it. Like I would like to, th- I like to think, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that I've been nothing but respectful in this entire thing, in this entire episode, this entire seething song about this issue. You have you I've have strong. You have some, some very strong feelings, but. I wouldn't say you've gone off on like we've kept it. P- I, I, Let's put it this way: we've kept it PG. Yeah, I think that's and a pretty good. I again, think that's a pretty good baseline like right thing, there for I internet not, stuff. I am not upset at any one person at Wizards because I a I don't know who to direct my anger to. Because here's the thing: I'm not going to direct it towards Mark because Mark doesn't make these decisions. Well, no, uh, here's well, was, I'm not going to direct it at Aaron Aaron Forsyth because he doesn't make those decisions. I'm not going to direct it at Blake. Because Blake doesn't make those decisions. I'm not going to direct it at Chris Clay because he doesn't make those decisions. It's – I'm not upset at an individual at Wizards. I am upset at the decision-making body as a whole. So I, I think – hold on. A good way to – go way for this. We've hit death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. You've hit your 1,000th cut and it's time to just – you got to say something. Yeah. So – The straw that broke the camel's back, whatever idiom – Yeah, so to speak. Whatever idiom or whatever the heck they're called. Completely wrong with that. Whatever you want to use for it, like that's essentially what it's been is 
I know you and I have been talking about this for a long time and that it we did in fact get to a point where it's like we we can't not say something we have to get this off our chest like it's only enough where you know you and me go back and forth with each other and other content creators we talk with because we have a lovely content creator discord now which is kind of cool but yeah like we just got to say it yeah it's and it's to a point it's to a point where it's just like and i've said this to what you. do we do where are we going we don't know and where i've said this to you i am very close to just not buy magic anymore i am very close i'm very close to the only time that i'm going to spend money is at tournament fees at my local game store to play some to play th- things like modern or buying singles online for my cube i'm done i'm very very close to just being done buying magic yeah and I didn't think I would ever get to this point. I never thought that I would get to the point where I would be done buying products that have the Magic the Gathering logo on it as far as like sealed product and whatnot because that's the stuff that makes Wizards money. Wizards, Wizards doesn't make money from the secondary market. They make money on this, on the sealed product. You would rather, and, you would rather go support the secondary market via TCG, Card Kingdom, Star City Games, your local game store, Channel Fireballs yeah. online store, any number of smaller retailers correct yeah yes and i'm i've i had spent money on arena i'm done spending money on arena i haven't granted i haven't also picked it i haven't touched it in like over a month but that's a different conversation entirely that's fair i mean the funny thing is you can play arena though and not have to spend anything on it however which is true but at the same time i really don't want to open that (laughs) open it either oh that's for this person look hey and that's i'm not gonna fault you for that i like you mentioned it earlier you've been a wizards apologist I would say I've been trying to be like, hey, I would say it's apologistic too, apologistic too, in terms of like, let's see where they're going with this. They have to have some sort of thing going on. And at this point, we've just been in such blowing in the wind. For I don't s- care been- what you're leading up to. Oh, no. You need to tell yeah, us. No, we've- and again, if you said that you were doing a roadmap on tw- to 2019, why did it take you until Feb- halfway through February or longer to come up with it? This plan should have been approved in like August and then announced in December. I don't know what you were thinking about this, but we shouldn't be waiting till halfway through February to learn more about how competitive magic is going to look. My my major hope hope for this is that the sheer volume of people saying, what are you doing? Where is our information? I I, I know it could be an unfounded hope. But I really do hope that they look at it and realize that they cannot leave this community in a lurch the way that they have. They cannot leave us in the dark for as long as we have in terms of starved for just information that in the past we've just kind of automatically gotten on a semi-regular interval that we became accustomed to. If you're going to say, hey, the way we used to do it is not the way we're going to do it, period, in a sentence from now on, then fine cool we just all need to change our expectations but when you say hold on hold on wait we'll be getting to you with that it kind of starts grading on like you john it's graded on you a lot the fact that it's like well hold on we're going to be getting to that well we'll be getting to that we'll we'll get to that kind of thing when you kick the can down the road there's only so far so much road you can kick a can down like i like i've mentioned i think before i work i work security at a hotel now and my biggest gripe working there and i love my job let me reiterate, I love my job. It's really fantastic. Is that people don't talk to one another. That's my biggest that's my biggest pet peeve is when something happens that involves my department that I don't learn about until last minute. And suddenly, oh, this will fall on my lap. Sorry. That is one of my biggest pet peeves. And it, we've been getting better and I've tried to be better about it and making sure people are aware of it and all that fun stuff. I could say that from the sound of things and how things have been going, that Wizard, I mean, obviously, Wizards is compartmentalized. They have divisions, they have different sections. Obviously, every company does, but the way that the compartmentalization has gone has not been conducive to a public, a a public, for them trying to have a one, it's it's one thing to make a game, fine. But when you have a, like a, I don't even want to call it professional, thriving pro scene. Yeah, and you have a competitive scene. I mean, it's competitive and stuff like that. You have a competitive scene aspect to your game. You can't. Things need to be working more in concert with one another. That just does not seem to be happening. 
which I really hope that, like I said, I hope that they start maybe having interdepartmental liaisons that if it needs to happen where they can lead, like just point of contacts back and forth, sounding boards. I don't know how they have to do it. I'm not even going to try because that's the corporate thing way above my level. But you're mentioning compartmentalization at your work. Nobody tells stuff until it's, you know, too late. And be like, oh, well, I could have fixed that if I had known about that, if you had told me. And the, again, I will only reiterate this. And I said this. I also said this in when I did the when I did the thing because they asked me how likely are you to recommend magic to a friend. It's one of their favorite questions at the end of the article. Sure, and despite all of what I said and everything I said in there and everything I'm saying in here, I put it at an eight out of ten. I would, yeah, I would still, and, I would still love to recommend magic to friends. And they asked why, and I said because here's the thing: despite everything that I said previously, despite everything, wizards, if you're still listening, despite everything that I have said here in this podcast in this episode. Magic is still one of the best games, period. But, Absolutely. But if I if it reaches a point where suddenly I feel like you don't care or you're not doing or you're not communicating properly, you're not letting us know things, I'm just not going to anymore because it's not worth I've it. I've seen I love magic. I love modern. I love commander. I love standard. I love draft. I love watching people play legacy. I love people watching play vintage. I love people pl- watching people play magic. But if you keep doing this, with no information, with no communication, yes, this is a year of change. Yes, I'm willing to give you the benefit of the doubt, Wizards, that you're doing things, that you're doing things behind the scenes. But when we find out there's no text coverage because there's no coverage period of a GP, when we find out that there's no video coverage because there was no video coverage of a GP, when we find out what the War of the Spark pre-release date is through a WPN update and not through your official channels, it looks bad. It looks like you don't care. And here's the big thing. One thing that's true in my business, in, in my new, in my industry that I work in right now is that perception is reality. And perception wizards right now is that you don't care. In fact, I'm going to go one step further and I'm going to go back and bleep this to make sure I do. You don't give a <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. John, I said we were keeping this PG. I understand PG-13, that. you get but one. You've, swore, you, you've sworn like three times on this podcast the entire length of it. So you, you know, I, I've earned one. Oh, what? In terms of like 112 episodes worth? Oh, yes. yeah, for sure. Like about three to five times. Oh, yeah, for sure. I won't doubt that. No, I was just joking. I, I was joking. The inter- I was I've saying been good. Did a good no. Um, <laughs> yeah. What, I, I am hopeful. Where, where though, I wanted, despite yeah. everything I just said, I am hopeful that you can do this right. And please, please, Mythic Championship Cleveland, you A, have to stream it. Because if you don't stream it, what are you doing? And you have to tell us what's happening with coverage. You have to tell us what's happening to the competitive scene. You have to tell us things beyond just highlighting the MPL players and highlighting the people who are coming up. You need to tell us these things. Because also, another thing that I forgot to mention, there is no information on how I can get on the MPL. Yeah. None. Yeah, the, the the path to the MPL has just doesn't exist right now that we know of. They because went with, they if, went with the, because the top 32 or whatever it was in pro points. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, so now that you know the pro scene's completely changed what are we doing like okay it's one thing to be able to look at like platinum status that we had last year and know how many pro points you need to do to get to that it's another thing to know what i need to do to win a pro tour what are, what are the steps i need to take to win a pro tour i have no framework on how i can get on the mpl if that's one of my goals how do i do that gps don't matter anymore you said so yourself there's no pro points and there are several other pro players who are in the MPL or MPL adjacent who said, look, at GPs are just, you know, are basically subsidized by the pro players to help get pro points. And without pro points, what's the point aside from it being a high level event? GPs no longer have a luster to them of being a high level competitive event. Now they're just a competitive event with a bunch of people in it. They're a competitive event at another event. Yeah. And not only that, while I know that a GP will qualify me for your Mythic Championships, how do I how do I become how do I take Alexander Haynes' spot in the MPL? How do I take Owen Turtenwall's place in the MPL? How do I take Brad Nelson's place in the MPL? How do I take Lee Tian's place in the MPL? This is information that we need to know. And if you don't tell us the, all of that, everything at Magic Fest Cleveland, which or in Magic Mythic Championship Cleveland, which by the way, I'm becoming less and less convinced that you are, what are you doing? What is all what have this has been this month plus almost two months of conversation happening at Wizards HQ been for? Yeah. I I, I will say this. I have absolutely heard and seen a whole bunch of people. You're talking about the competitive aspect of it and how to do it. I've seen so many people recently be like, Man, I'm glad I just stopped 
I'm glad this was the year I decided to stop grinding for the for the Pro Tour. Or I've seen other people who are like, hey, like you mentioned, your friend Mason. Other people I've seen too. Um, Aaron, not Aaron, uh, the other guy from Turn One Thoughtsies. Oh no, uh, crap! I don't remember. I don't know his actual name. I just know know him as Turn One Thoughts. Yeah, the the other guy, not not Aaron, the one who's Turn One Thoughtsies. It's T. Some. I oh, I'm blanking on his name right now, but. It's okay. We'll we'll pick it up. Fix it. Either way, so he posted that he's in that same lurch as well, and I've seen a whole bunch of other people who are like, "Man, I'm glad I decided to just stick to grinding the SCG circuit because they actually have a plan and announcing stuff like that." I mean, granted, people are still unhappy with SCG when they're like, "Oh, what's up with all this? Why? Where's the standard? Standard's great now, and or where's Legacy gone? Ah, Whatever. If if that's all they're complaining about, I think that's the least of anyone's concern at this point." considering what we've seen the last couple months but yeah it's like right I'm now i hope. had plans to go to well, i had plans to go to gp memphis this weekend granted i did have surgery recently so that plan kind of went out the window but right now i'm not making plans to go to another gp i'm making plans to go to scg louisville i'm making i'm thinking about going to like an scg iq that's up in like knoxville i'm not i'm no longer thinking about where where's the next gp that's closest to me it's chris by the way chris yeah. there we go so but yeah it's I, I, there are, it, it's kind of funny how it, the, the time, we're a little long, but it's kind of funny how the timing worked out with some events. I was like really hoping maybe a constructed event or two at some of the GPs that I was hoping to go to. And so far, every single GP Magic Fest that I was looking at on the calendar has been a limited one. I'm like, well, that doesn't fit into how I like to play. <laughs> so I'm probably just going to be going to a lot of these uh, just to see friends and stuff like that. I have, now that's I have two of the golden tickets. I will be using them at some point during the year at two. One of them is going to be GPDC. So I'm doing that limited GP. I will admit, I will admit this. Um, I was planning on going to GP Memphis and only doing like limited fanatic package. But again, that's neither here nor there. We'll see how it goes. But I wasn't, I wasn't planning on doing the main event. I'm, I'm really hoping, really hoping that we can, can like, I will, continue to say yo play magic it's a great game it's one of the best games ever created i would just say don't ever try and worry about ever getting competitive in this game yeah and as we close because the community my god the community is amazing community i love you sometimes a little crazy but i love you nonetheless (laughs) you're crazy but i love you no yeah so it's now uh, before we go to the outro unless there's anything you want to say um I think we kind of encapsulated it pretty well. This was definitely, I know it's been grading on you a whole heck of a lot, and you've had a lot of time to stew about it. And yeah, so I'll let you go with a lot of it. I, I hope I brought some decent counterpoints to it. Um, mainly, like I said, coverage-wise for me, I just want to know if I need to moderate in, in a weekend or two. <laughs> That's really what I want to know about, because God knows it grates on my soul when I see people complaining about how bad the chat is. So yeah, yeah that's... That's where I'm standing on it, on things like that. Just let me know if I need to be there, please. <laughs> wizards, wizards, just tell us. Most of us are big kids. We can take bad news, but you have to tell us. Otherwise, it looks like you don't care. Ian, if people wanted to find you on social media, where can they do so? Hey, you guys can find me on social media at DixonIJ. Wow. On Twitter at DixonIJ. <laughs> D-I-X-O-N-I-J. I tweet about sports magic random stuff sometimes army things not so much these days but i try to keep that separate i really do work life is work i've seen your retweets dude all right <laughs> look i have to have a muzzle there's such thing as i understand i understand yeah i have we have rules um but no you guys can find me on twitch at twitch.tv slash dicks i am i keep saying i'm going to be streaming more but this week uh yesterday i tried streaming but my software said nope you're not streaming uh probably not going to do a whole lot of streaming this weekend because it is my engagement party yes an engagement party almost nine months later (laughs) nine months later (laughs) but it's the first opportunity we've gotten where my family our families are actually going to meet so that'd be fun um that said i will probably stream once or twice this week again um legacy seems to be a thing that there's not a lot of right now so i might just pick up with legacy streaming a little bit more because infect's fun yeah. and holy crap buried phoenix looks fun that deck, that deck does look like a tall oh, man that is true. so anyway buried alive put four three arc light phoenix in the graveyard 
Mm-hmm. On turn one. Swing for nine. Oh, snap. Uh, yeah, no, it's fun. Uh, so anyway, that's enough for me. Look for streaming. Follow me. That'll be fun. If you see me in chat, say hi. And also, John, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at jwiley129. That's J-W-I-L-E-Y-129. You can also find me on Twitch at the same handle. If you see me floating around a chat room, do not hesitate to say hi. If you want to reach the podcast directly, you can do so one of two ways. You can hit us up on Twitter at Eyes and the Mize, or if you have a more personal question, you can shoot us an email at eyesandthemize at gmail.com. We would love to hear how we can best improve the podcast for you, our lovely listeners. On behalf of Ian, I'm John. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.